Hey, 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 Jeanette and Chad here with another episode of Let's Talk Sheets. Today's episode, Your Financial Reality. And when we talk about financial reality, all we're saying is what is the financial state of your business right now? Are you getting what you require in order to run your business? And if not, what can you do about it? Exactly. And it also includes how you're feeling about it, right? Yes, absolutely. Your mindset going into situations, especially when it comes to finances, is crucial. We're going to start this episode a little bit differently. I'm going to ask you some questions, which may or may not be difficult emotionally for you to answer, but the purpose of asking those questions is to encourage you to really look at the reality of your business, which in turn affects your personal life. Now, we're not asking you to write them down, but if you need to, then do it. Even if you have to go back and replay this episode and make sure you're answering them honestly. Remember, no one is here judging you. We've all been in circumstances where the reality wasn't so favorable, but that's why we are the leaders in the industry, because we are challenging you to continuously create something better for your business. All right, Jeanette, take it away. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Question one, are you satisfied with your income stream right now? Like really satisfied. Are you making enough to suit your business and your desired lifestyle? Right. Next question. Are you experiencing frustration with your finances? And if so, where or how? Is it with the management aspect, the income amount, what? Be specific, folks. Yeah, being specific is key. You can't just say yes and then not challenge yourself to be aware of what specifically your frustration is linked to. Yep, yep, yep. So beautiful. Okay, it's a crucial component to understanding your starting point for addressing whatever it is you're going through. Now, question three, are you actually fully doing something about it? Okay, that's a, that's a really big deal. Uh, what you just said there is probably one of the most challenging things to come to terms with. Are you really committed to finding a solution? No, even further, are you fully committed to actually taking steps necessary to achieve better results? Bingo. So let me restate those questions in a different manner. And I would like you guys to ask them out loud, whether it's now, later, write them down, whenever. Am I fully satisfied with my income stream? Am I experiencing frustration with my finances? And if so, where is my frustration stemming from? Am I taking every step necessary and fully committing to possible solutions? Yeah, <clears throat> let those sink in. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about defining a financial crisis. What's What situations are, can we consider like financial crises? Okay, so one of the real obvious ones would be not receiving enough money, right? You just don't have enough money. That's definitely a financial crisis. Um, you know, there's, there's other ones if you're overspending, right? If you're spending too much money, your expenses are just out of control. Right, you got to right, reel right. those in. You got to really take a hard look at those. I think that should be something, I mean, not that we're going to talk about that in this podcast, but that's definitely something that you want to kind of look at. I would say, I mean, once a quarter is to really evaluate because your expenditures and stuff that you're buying, whether it's for your business or personal life is, is is going to change with the seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm definitely guilty of overspending. Like I I'll just go on a tangent and buy a whole bunch of stuff for the business. And you know, at the end of the day, I understand my numbers and I know what's going out, what's coming in, but 
you know, sometimes we get a little carried away and we really have to make sure we look at those always, right? We need to always know where we're, where we're at because anything could happen, right? A pandemic could happen, right? Job, <laughs> yeah. job loss, right? I mean, it's you, losing that income if you're overspending can really, really put a toll on you. Right. And I don't mean, I don't mean to laugh when I say pandemic, because this has been a very serious circumstance for a lot of therapists, but you have to have some sort of balance. Like you have to be able to prepare and have the uh, money available for when these situations happen, not just a pandemic, but you know, most therapists go through their entire career without having much of a savings. Yeah. I, I, so I, you guys know that I do website design and business consulting. And one of the things when uh, it hit our state, uh, our governor shut down restaurants. And we found out at like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. And my business, we had a choice. We had to decide how we were going to continue uh, going, right? And so what we did is we rolled out a solution for restaurants that no longer could have people dining in. So we have to be able to adapt on the fly, but having plans in place is going to help a ton, right? The pandemic, we were not seeing this coming and it affected everybody, right? right. It affected everybody. And we're right. still having residual, you know, crap happen to us. And we're at the mercy of, you know, all these people who aren't doing what we're doing, who don't thoroughly understand, uh, you know, what, how it's affecting this industry. Right. And it goes beyond like preparing for large periods of time where you are not receiving the income that you're used to like that directly, because now we're in a situation where most States have reopened. So massage therapists are now practicing, but what we're facing now is people canceling because of COVID. And that's not just like a, oh, I have a cold or, oh, I have the flu. And it's like, okay, well, let's reschedule you for next week and we'll take it from there. This is now, oh, okay, I, you have to quarantine for 10 days and then take a test and then wait for those test results to come in. So for clients that are seeing you once a week, every two weeks, you're now out that $120 or $80 for however long it is. There's a larger gap to close um, when it comes to uh, rescheduling clients that have either been exposed or uh, have COVID. So that kind of ties in with um, even periods of sickness that you have with, oh, hey guys, I was possibly exposed or, hey, I have the flu. Hey, I have the cold. Sick leave, leave of absence. Some therapists are just like fed up and they're like, you know what? This would be a really great time for me to just take a break. Yeah. Go, you know, take a couple of days off, go whatever, reevaluate. So you also have to prepare for those because, you know, your body might be saying, Hey, like we're done right now. Like we need to take some time off. But if you're not financially able to do that, you're even at more of a crisis point than just with what you're experiencing of, I need a break. Yeah, no, definitely. <clears throat> even, uh, you know, another thing that, you know, I would define as a financial crisis, it's a loss of clients, right? If you oh, don't yeah. have, if you don't have money coming in, if you don't have clients on the table, two things are happening. One, obviously there's not an income, but also you have to start putting money out into marketing and networking and these different things to try and get people in. So money's not coming in and you're putting money out. I mean, that can, you don't want to end up in a situation like that. Uh, you know, you want to have your systems in place so that that doesn't happen. Um, and, and the big one, you know, not charging enough, right? You could right. be, you could be at a certain income level, but what you perform could be worth 
much more, right? Another, you know, one third, you know, 50%, even double. When you're facing crisis moments and you have to step back and take a look at like, what is causing this? It's not just recognizing what the simplified problem is. Oh, I don't have enough clients or, oh, I'm overspending. It also means that you have to accept what the situation is. And I hope that makes sense because you can be aware of what the situation is and still resist it. Still be like, nope, nope, nope. Like this is not it. And by resisting that tends to kind of show up in ways of not actually taking care of the problem. For example, you are aware that you don't have enough clients. Well, you can be aware of that and not accept it. And by not accepting it, you are not taking the steps necessary. Accepting is also challenging you to take action on that. So it's not just being aware of what the problem is. It is also accepting it and coming to terms with it and saying to yourself, okay, I don't have enough clients. And then pushing yourself to actually taking care of that. Sure. And a lot of people start with, uh, I don't have enough money and they haven't quite pinpoint, pinpointed what it is that the real root is, right? Right. And uh, oftentimes that root issue uh, can be resolved, you know, relatively, uh, I don't want to say easily, but it, you know, once you find it, it's kind of like that light bulb moment, like, oh, that's all it is. I can definitely take action on something and, you know, get that resolved. It can be defined as being easy, right? Because that's ultimately, that's why we're doing, that's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing, Chad, because we want this to be easy for you. I mean, how many times have you yourself, Chad, been agonizing and causing yourself so much turmoil over a problem and then once you realize the solution, you're like, good Lord, I spent five days crying over that. Uh, too often to admit. I mean, it, it happens right. all the time where, and, you know, we get in our heads, we create this scenario. Uh, and, it, you know, one thing that helps a ton is having, you know, an accountability buddy. Um, somebody oh, yeah. you just, somebody you just chat with once a month. What's your status? What are you doing? You know, what are you trying to achieve this month? And then they just hold you accountable to what, you know, the goals and stuff you put in place. Um, but that helps a ton, you know, I mean, you and I, we chat at the minimum a couple times a week. And yeah. even though I may not vent everything that's going on with me, you hear some of it and you know, you, you yeah, say, you hear all of it. Well, it, it, <laughs> and you'll say, you know what? All right. Cry it out, feel better. And then put something into action to fix it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's really like, that's really the balance that you're looking for. So I'm glad that I'm glad that Chad brought that up to have like an accountability buddy, because that's one thing that I'm finding out and not that it's a bad thing to turn to Facebook or social media like a group and be like, Hey guys, this is my problem. But what you end up getting is 672,000 comments on what everybody else would do that you have to sift through instead of just having one person that's like, okay, this is your problem. Hey, why don't you like chill out? I'm outside the situation. Like, let's talk about this. And they may bring up things that you were like, Oh, huh. Didn't even think about that. So you have that one-on-one -on -one interaction where somebody is one, going to shed some light on areas that maybe you weren't aware of. And two, when you're checking in with them consistently, they're going to ask you like, hey, how's that class going that we were talking about starting? Having a body is great. Thanks, Chad.
Yeah, I, I love having having accountability buddies. Okay, so now that we've accepted what the situation is, right? What's the next step uh, when it comes to this crisis management and crisis recognition, right? Accepting that there is a problem. What do we do now? So what we can do next after we've figured out what the problem is and we've accepted it, now it's time to kind of figure out what the polar opposite of that is, what your goal is. You're here now, where would you like to be? And then when you establish that goal, then you can take the time to write out every solution necessary and come up with your plan in place. So part of that is what we refer to as the SMART action plan, which Chad's gonna get into after we go on break. But this is something that you can use regardless if it is a regular issue or a crisis issue. Part of that figuring out the solution requires you to put a plan in place. So when we come back from break, Chad is gonna talk about the SMART action plan, which is not only good for crisis moments, but also for regular goals. So sit tight and we'll talk about how to establish your SMART action plan. Welcome back. Okay, now is where we really, really, really dive into how to go about figuring out what your process is, um, how to set the plan to get yourself out of this crisis. So Chad's the expert on this, so I'm going to hand the mic over to him. Uh, handing the mic right on over. So you mentioned before smart action plans, and a lot of people have heard of these before, and you know, there's a couple of different definitions. Um, a smart action plan has a very solid purpose, right? And the idea is you take your goal, what it is you want to achieve. So in, in this situation, we have, you know, our finances are in, in a weird place. We're in, we're in a place where we've, we've accepted the issue and now we know we're going to define what it is that we want to achieve. Uh, so that's, we're going to call that our goal. And sometimes we have to have multiple action plans in order to achieve that full goal. So we can break them down into smaller plans if we need to. Okay. So that would be like smaller plans would be like, you know, possible solutions. Yeah. So let, let's say our goal is in three months, we want to have this certain level of financial stability. Well, you can't have one goal that covers three months. It needs to be broken down into smaller, more achievable goals. Okay. Right. So um, it could be something along the lines of, I really want to take a look at my numbers and make sure I'm charging it off. Okay. You need to put a plan in place for that. And then maybe you need to look at your expenses and maybe you need to look at the volume of clients you have, and maybe you need to look at your marketing. So breaking it down into different pieces so that it's 
you know, small digestible chunks. Otherwise you're going to have this long goal and halfway through it, you're going to be like, wow, I'm kind of getting lost in what it is. It's not initially what you had set out to do. Right. right. So um, I'm making the face that I am because I'm visually, I'm seeing like kind of like an outline layout. Like what is your, cause to me, when you said um, I'm not, I'm not charging enough. Well, now you have to put a plan in place. Like to me, that would be, that would be like an overall umbrella goal. I'm not charging enough. And then below that would be your different plans. Cause it's not just a one stop shop kind of deal. This is okay. Well, I would like, I'm charging 65. Now I would like to go to 85. How do I get there? Okay. Well, I have to do like, I'm just seeing like a, like a big outline, like a, B and C, not just because there's a lot of steps, but it's also for organizations so that you don't just start chucking newsletters out and chucking price increases out without having a solid step-by-step process. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really typically the kind of person that makes lists, but at the end of the day, you should be making a list of what you want to achieve. And then all the things that are on that list, you should assign a plan for those. Right. Right. And a lot of people function really well off list. They you get that gratification of crossing it off and that's, you know, empowering for them. Um, that's a great way to approach it. I want to get from point A to point B, but there's all these different things that have to happen in order to get there. And if you sign a plan to each one and hold yourself accountable and follow the smart method, uh, you, you can, you can get there, you know, really in a way that's going to be beneficial. You're not wasting time, but it's going to be optimized. Okay. Right? So let's, so we're going to talk about, we're going to go into a little bit of what the actual smart action plan is. Cause it's not just some made up thing. Okay. But I think it would be really beneficial since we're talking about crisis management to understand that it still requires a, it still requires a plan that is uh, achievable. So let's take, you know, we're, I mean, right now we're in the pandemic, right? So let's take the awareness and the acceptance of, okay, I'm not charging enough for my massages. That's the overall kind of thing. How do you use the smart action plan to take that from point A to point B? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through the smart action plan with you, with that being your situation. Obviously it's not your situation, but we're going to do a little role play here. Right. Okay. So the first step is what is the essence specific, right? What is the specific goal that you want to achieve? So tell me what that is. Okay. The specific goal that I want to achieve is I would like to charge more for my sessions. Okay, uh, so for example, my uh, role-playing here, I'm charging right now, I'm charging $60 for a 60 minute and I would like to charge 80. Okay. So your specific goal is to raise your price by $20. Correct. Perfect. Okay. So there's the next step is going to be, and that's great. Having that specific goal, that's the very first step. Okay. Now measurable, right? The, the whole purpose of this is to put a plan in place. So we have to be able to measure it. So okay. This should be relatively easy for you to answer, but how will you measure the success of achieving this goal? I mean, basically uh, when I reach my clients paying $80. Exactly. Perfect. Right. I don't know why I had to, why I was like, again, here, here, this, and this is a perfect example. It's not even my situation. This is a hypothetical situation. And I immediately went into my head about it thinking, oh, this has to be a complicated answer. No, it's not. It's, it was simple as simple. Yeah. when I start charging $80 and I start receiving 
But wow, if you this is great, keep going, Chad. This uh, is, but if you this skip, if you skip that measurable step, right? The idea is to create a culture, create a regular occurring whenever you're trying to put a plan into place, right? So if you skip that measurable, sure, it might seem like a no-brainer in this situation, but there may be a different situation that you have to go into maybe your square point of sale and look at the analytics, right? right. Or if you're saying I want more Google reviews, you need to go to Google and look up how your success is, right? So for this one, the measurable is pretty easy. Okay. Okay. So we have S, which was what? Specific. What is your M. goal? Yep. Measurable. How are you going to measure the success of your action that's being taken? Okay. So now A. A is going to be achievable. So what actions will you take? And this is what this is the one where it gets kind of deep and you have to think about it, right? So what actions are you going to take in order to succeed on your action plan? Um, okay, so I want to increase my rates by $20. Uh, I am going to, I mean, achieve, wow, yeah, you're right. This is, this is starts to get a little deep. Um, achievable is simply the system that I use to increase it, right? So I can't just one day just go, hey guys, guess what? You're paying $80, right? That's not really achievable. You're going to lose a bunch of people just by bumping up your rate. So that's achievable, number one. And number two is, um, you know, like how, how, how am I going to market that to my existing, my existing clientele? What's my process for marketing that in a, I don't want to say safe, but in a, uh, friendly manner. I don't, uh, lack of words here. When you, when you get to this a step, it's very possible that you will create additional smart action plans because you'll uncover that there's more to it than just that. And that's what we're finding out here, right? Okay. You're talking about marketing. You're talking about communication. Those are going to require additional action plans in order to have success with this. Okay. So how do they, like, I guess what I'm, so you answer the question. This isn't about me. This is about you, Jeanette. I know, but I'm, I, stop it. <laughs> I okay. hate when you, I don't like, uh, clearly I am not enjoying being put on the spot right now, but I, what I'm feeling right now is that I am, which is where I think a lot of people get is I'm not creating the right achievable items for this. You are, you actually did. So okay. what, what actions are you going to take? First action you're going to take is you're going to create a plan on how to communicate this to your clients that your rates are going up. Okay. okay how are you okay. going to market this? I'm going to create a plan that's going to set in place my new marketing campaigns so that my new clients are attracted to this uh, new price breakdown. Okay. Okay. Right. So those are going to be your achievable items. Um, but again, you're creating additional action plans for that. So if you think of it as a hierarchy, this is going to be on top and you're going to have a couple additional ones below that you're going to go through. And you may not be able to say this plan is successful until you've achieved the other ones. Okay. Right. That makes, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So now we've got specific, measurable, achievable. Our next one, which is R, is going to be relevant. This is going to be kind of like M. This is going to feel like a no-brainer, so don't overthink it. So why is it important for you, your clients, and the business to take action on this plan? And you have to, you have to be able to answer all three. It cannot be selfish, right? The, the no-brainer is I'm going to make more money right? Okay. But it has to make sense for you, your clients, and your business. It has to be in the best interest of everyone involved. Ooh. Okay. So you said me, my clients, and my business. Okay. So for me, yeah, you stated, obviously I'm going to make more money. 
for the business, obvious choice is I'm, I'm going to have the funds necessary to do what I want with the business, buy the stuff, pay for subscriptions, pay rent, maybe expand, whatever clients. This is where we, I think this is where the hangup is specifically for this situation. How does raising the rates benefit your clients? And that's what I think that's where people get stuck. And for me, I look at it from the point of view of if it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason. I use that kind of philosophy for most physical items that I purchase. So I feel like if I were to charge $80, I am showing my clients that I value the service that I provide for them. And in turn, if I value it and I think it is worth that price, then they're going to value it a lot more and then value me and my time. <gasps> He's clapping. I got it. Yeah. That, that's, that's literally it. As you, if you increase your rates, you're going to attract a different clientele. That clientele is going to be accustomed to an $80 rate rather than a $60 rate. Your retention is going to go up. Your clients are going to have a better experience. They're going to have more trust and, um, you know, the, Overall, it's going to be better for everybody. But when you have better clients that stick around, you spend less money on marketing for new clients because they found another deal somewhere, right? right? So there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot that the client gets out of it. And then on top of that, there's the one that I think a lot of people will go to is the ability to reinvest into yourself so that you can you have more tools in your tool belt for them. Reinvesting doesn't necessarily mean continuing education credits, you know, more tools for your business. Reinvesting also includes Christmas gifts for your clients, as opposed to marketing holiday specials. There are therapists that do both. They do a small holiday special and they also do Christmas presents. And when you're giving presents to your clientele, that makes them feel super special especially because you're, you took the time to think about them. So when you're charging in this situation, by increasing my rates, $20, I am also allowing myself the room to spend that money on them. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's, that's what I call winning a client for life, right? When you do those things that are so personalized, that are so not standard, right. they have no reason to go anywhere else. Right. Cause every, I mean, everybody can slam up a deal. Everybody can slam up a holiday deal and say, buy two, get one 50% off, whatever it is. Not every business purchases presents for their clients. It could be, it could be a matter of just going and, you know, ordering cards and sending a handwritten card. What you can take it to whatever level you want, but having right. that personal touch is that de it definitely falls under reinvestment because you're reinvesting in your business and your clients hundred percent. Okay. So S M A R now we're at T what's T. So T is time bound. So when will you be inspecting your actions on this plan? So a lot of people say time bound is when do you expect for this to be completed? Um, I think it's more relevant of when will you be holding yourself accountable for it? So we'll take the Google review one as an example. I'm going to check. I, I put in place that I'm going to be getting more and asking my clients to leave reviews. And okay. my time bound is I'm going to check every single week to see if they are doing it. Okay. So in this situation, time bound with, you know, the original plan, the original goal was three months from now, I want to be charging $20 more for my services. So 
I feel like the time bound would be more relative to those individual action plans, such as the marketing aspect and the communication, because that is going to be super imperative as to when that gets launched so that your clients can appropriately prepare for the increase, right? Am I right? Correct. Yep. So part of your plan is to have these other plans in place and successfully complete those. So you will be inspecting your efforts on those and you need to establish it. You need to say every week, I'm going to look at my progress on those and you need to hold yourself accountable, right? You need to set your expectations and you need to inspect that expectation. Okay. So again, let's review it. S specific. What is the goal? M measurable. So how are you going to measure the success or the effort that you're making on this plan? A is achievable. So what actions are you going to take? And sometimes it will create additional plans for you. Sometimes it won't. It might just be a matter of, I'm going to start doing this. R relevant. So why is this important to you, your clients and your business? And then T time bound. When will you inspect your efforts specifically the actions that you're taking on this. That is amazing. It takes, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes role play to make this a part of your life. But once you do, once this is part of your business, whenever there's something you want to do, you measure it up against a smart action plan. You will find that you get things done faster more efficiently, and you're going to increase your um, revenue and decrease your costs. It'll just happen organically because you're thinking of it in this manner. Okay. That, I mean, that all makes sense. I'm really glad that we did that. I'm really glad that we did that role-playing because I feel like there's not a lot of resources out there specifically for massage therapists. I feel like a lot of the plans that I look at or a lot of the articles that I read about how to do this are geared for larger scale businesses, retail, uh, so on and so forth, but not individual businesses like massage therapists. And I feel like that really contributes to the anxiety and the holdback that most of us experience when we're trying to make improvements to our business. And the other, again, folks, the other aspect of this is accountability. You can't just say, well, I need to plan for this and start writing some stuff down and that not hold yourself accountable. If in three months I don't reach my goal, I have to go back and be like, okay, well, what did I not do? What did I not commit to? That's why we, that's why we challenged you to actually commit to doing it. And part of your smart plan is having the measurable and time bound pieces. So because you are measuring this in a certain way and you are inspecting it at certain intervals, you're actually not going to get to that three month period before you know that you're either falling behind on it or you're succeeding on it. You're going to know if you set yourself, I'm going to inspect this every single week. You're going to know by week one, week two, if you're on track to achieve your goal. Right. So it doesn't take, it doesn't take three months to put it into play, whether you're a procrastinator or not, this is beneficial for absolutely everybody. And you can take this into your personal lives too. I want to get the house clean by this weekend. Okay. What do I have to do? Right. right. You go through the, you go through the actions and once you go through them, now you take action on it and you hold yourself accountable. Right. So a lot of you, and we're going to be finishing up here very shortly. A lot of you might be sitting there and have all of these things rolling through your mind. Like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, 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 and this. Okay. When they pop up, write them down, put it in your notes, whatever. 
just to keep track of them. But correct me if I'm wrong. The other added thing that you need to think about is changing these, uh, not changing, achieving these goals in a efficient manner, meaning don't try to tackle six goals at once. You know, tackle them one at a time or have them start overlapping, like give yourself, give yourself a little bit of like leeway. I mean, yes, we all want to change everything at once so that it's in three months, it's better in nine different ways, but time management wise, that might not necessarily work for you. And you might actually end up pushing yourself into more anxiety than you had when you originally were in the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I agree with you. 100% take on a task. And you know, the way, what I do is when I create my list of what needs to be achieved today, I do the one that I do not want to do first. <laughs> right. Cause I, I'm I, sorry. I don't, I, I'm laughing because I operate the same way. Like most of us, when you're making a list, like even think about your day, like, okay, I have to do the laundry. I have to go grocery shopping and I have to answer all these emails. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I hate going to the grocery store. I don't mind laundry because I can still do laundry and other things with it, but I hate going to the grocery store. So that is the one thing that I end up saving for the last. And then by the time I get there, I'm like, oh, I still have to go through this store. Right. Do it first. I mean, they can be small things, but when you put... If you have simultaneous plans in place for different things, you can break them down into daily, you know, it's small achievable things. And, you know, if, for example, if the things that I need to do, one of them is, you know, creating some graphics, one of them is hopping on and, you know, moving over 80 locations from one place to another, which is just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste mundane work, right? Well, right. I'm going to do that one first because I want to end my day on a positive note and feeling good. And I'm going to achieve it all no matter what. So I'm all about giving my bad news first, giving my good news second so that I end up on a positive note. I love you. That's how I roll. <laughs> I, know, I know. And I, that is an amazing lesson to learn. So I'm going to have to start incorporating that because I operate the other way. So That's it for today. Smart action plan, you know, start really looking at what your actual crisis is and start holding yourself accountable to solving it. So, you know, so that you can be a better business owner and a better therapist. And as always, if you ever need any help, visit us massagecoreacademy.com at massagecore on Facebook yeah, for, for Instagram too. Yep. You know, reach out, message us, get a hold of us and we can support you through it. If you're, if you have any hangups, but Chad, what's on the schedule for next week? Uh, I don't know. I was going to ask you what's on the schedule for next week. Oh, that's right. Cause it is up on my screen, not Chad's uh, next week. We are talking about how corporate massage can benefit your business. And we're going to discuss, you know, how you can, start using this, whether it's a good fit for you, um, how you can market it. So tune in next. I I actually, before you, before we jump off, I actually had a client who, and this is the only client that's ever left me. And he left me because for a really good reason, but he's, he did chair massage in the corporate world and he sold his business to a multi-million dollar uh, business. So he was acquired by another company because he was doing so well at this. So people, when I, when, when Jeanette says how you can incorporate this and really start to drive some additional uh, revenue, this guy built his entire 
business off of doing chair massage in, uh, you know, in the corporate world. So it, it can be huge, or it can be something that introduces people into what you do regularly, but we're going to dive right. into it next week, right? Cool. All right. Finish your laundry, get those sheets done, fold them. Please don't just scrunch them up and throw them in your closet. Clients always like some freshly wrinkle-free sheets. All right. Love you guys. Have a good week.